The Voice by LGBTQ plus youth and music only on Sin. Welcome to this Loud and Queer, the voice of queer youth and music on Sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I am bisexual and I'm coming to you on Bunurong land and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hi, I'm Sammy, I am asexual, my pronouns are they, them, I'm coming to you from Wandry country in the Kulin Nation and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. And I'm Laura and my pronouns are they, them, I'm queer and um, non-binary and I'm coming to you from Wamba Wamba and Parappa Parappa land and would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and we'd all like to acknowledge um, the traditional owners of the land on which we're all recording, past, present and future. Um, if you want to check out at check us out after the show, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Stinloud, that's at S-Y-N Loud or Loud and Queer on Facebook. You can also check out the podcast for this show if you're listening to it live, which is on Omni or on the major podcast providers such as Spotify or Apple Music. You can also tune in if you're listening to the podcast form uh, Sundays at 3pm on 90.7 FM or online at sin.org.au. going into our LGBTQ plus news whip. Um, just a, oh, sorry, um, just as a quick warning, be careful just we, for a content warning, we do have, we bring out mentions of Afghanistan and OnlyFans if either of those topics are distressing to you. From them, a group of activists memorialized trans icon Marsha P. Johnson's 76th birthday on Wednesday by unveiling the first ever statue celebrating her legacy. Bus of Johnson now stands near New York City's Stonewall Inn, the site of the 1969 riots that ignited the modern movement for LGBTQ plus equality. Uh, New York City has reportedly been planning to memorialize Johnson and follow trailblazer Sylvia Rivera with a monument since 2019. With those plans delayed by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, activists decided to take matters into their own hands, sculpting and erecting a bronze bust of Johnson in Christopher Park. The display is a is adorned with a flower crown, Johnson's signature accessory. Um, such a vibe that queers would just be like, look, screw the authorities, we're going to do our own statue. <laughs> it's actually like my favourite thing that I've read this week. It's, I can't yeah. I need to do it more. <laughs> yeah, it's very beautiful. It really is. It's, it makes me happy to see, honestly. Mm. Um, In other news, over 60 members of Congress are calling on the Biden administration to quickly evacuate the LGBTQ plus refugees from Afghanistan as the Taliban's takeover of the country continues. In a Tuesday letter addressed to Secretary Secretary of State Antony Blinken, the signatories urged the State Department to explicitly include LGBTQ plus Afghan nationals as a part of the U.S. refugee admissions program by granting them a priority to designation. Known as the P2 designation, this newly established designation is being given by the State Department to groups of special concern. Currently, those eligible for P2 status include Afghans who work for U.S. media companies or NGOs in Afghanistan and Afghans employed by the U.S. government who are not eligible for special immigrant visas. From them, less than a week after announcing plans to limit explicit content, and sorry, Less than a week after announcing plans to limit explicit content, subscription site OnlyFans has rolled back its proposed policy changes. It comes from it had come under fire from creators and advocates who claimed that the ban was an outright attack on sex workers' livelihoods, many of whom had helped build the platform. 
In a Wednesday tweet, the company announced it had secured assurances necessary to support our diverse creative community, presumably thanks to policy changes from banks which have previously been unsupportive of the company's hosting of sex work content. With these changes, With these assurances in place, OnlyFans said it had therefore suspended the planned policy change. The policy change, initially announced August 19th, would have banned all sexually explicit content, including depictions of sexual intercourse, masturbation, or extreme or offensive exhibition of genitals. The new rules were set to go into effect in October. That was our news loop. If any of that content caused you any distress or concern, please call Lifeline at 131114, QLife at 1-800-184-527 or um, visit their online chat or Kids Helpline at 1-800-555-1800. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. Now we're going to be talking about We're at Purple Day. Yeah, so what do you two think when you hear We're at Purple Day? Do you have any ideas about what it is? How familiar are you with yeah, it? Yeah, I reckon I maybe would have heard about it in 2017, but I definitely knew it more as a uh, um, awareness day for young people post-beam like coming here as like at 17 or moving to like Victoria at 17. So, which I find really funny, but that's probably more to do with my area. I mean, when I, I didn't hear about it probably until after I got out of school, no surprise there. Um, I mean, like it's, but again, it, I think is again, like I feel like obviously the importance of the day is like, you know, more awareness for LGBT. It's like, it's an LGBTQ plus awareness day. And so like, I don't know, originally when I first started, I didn't think much of it. Admittedly, I just, because awareness days kind of go past me. Like I see all the love and support for them and it makes me happy to see all of that, but I'm never like actively participating in the days. They just kind of happen around me and I just kind of continue on. Like, like I, full full disclosure, I actually did not know it was it was yes yesterday for us. I did not know. I only found out like near the end of the day, being like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I only found out about it from like a straight person, which made me feel like bad. <laughs> But then um, I was like, actually, hang on. This the point is that straight people like are are aware of LGBT issues. Um, yeah. So I didn't really care then because I was sort of like, it's kind of like Ida Hobbit in that it it's good and straight cishet people should have to think about it like at least a couple times a year. But I agree. Um. Yeah, I always I always found like it was a bit silly to encourage workplaces to have like a morning tea for the gays or and not like for the gays, just like to show support of a theoretical gay. And then also to have like a day where you wear it purple and you don't there's there's no like No thought behind it. There's no requirement of you to do anything more than that, which I think is my problem with it. It's like, okay, it's awareness, but 
you know, the, the people that um, do it, are they doing it because they work somewhere where, like, everyone goes and wears purple or are they, like, researching and donating and, like, sending letters to their MPs about queer issues? What else can we talk about? Are there any days that resonate with either of you, like, that are dedicated to queer people? Um. I don't know. For me, I pay more attention to the ones that, like, community and I guess, like, like grassroots activism groups pay more attention to as they to, like, plan stuff around. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it's kind of telling. There's there's a lot of them now, and some of them are quite, you know, appear in corporate or, organize, like, official organization spaces, and then some are more for like organizing community spaces um it's very interesting but mm. yeah for me i i used to like idaho bit um like when i first moved here because i was like a day against like a specific uh, like issue or mentality mm. but um yeah i don't mm. think it in effect actually is too different from the other awareness days in general um uh, yeah i think because i did a little news story on ida hobbit um for my degree when i also first moved to melbourne and i like met with some like the lgbt liaison officers at like melbourne council and they were like yeah we put up the pride flag in the council building for the first time ever like we raised the flag here and at the time i was like oh it's pretty cool like you're raising awareness and then like as i was going in found out that like you need like a like a proper invitation to like go to the council building like go inside it and actually see the flag in there no i i think that's the point like yeah i agree with that completely it's like why i i don't find any value in these days if it in effect doesn't like even change like workplace cultures on a on a small level let alone bigger bigger things (laughs) um and it's like you know it's uh these are issues we're dealing with continuously so uh and they don't even truly get addressed sometimes in these days they just uh becomes more about addressing that you participated in the day than what's like Mm. meant to be taken from it yeah yeah and i think like my workplace because it's a very small like not insanely hierarchical place like could benefit from something like wear it purple if it was like done well just because i'm in an area where like queer people aren't that visible but i know that queer people have worked at my job and so like and i work at my job duh um (laughs) but yeah i think like if those things were like tried in places where it hasn't like like no one's out here like no one in my town is able to like co-opt it because no one can make money off that in this area. So I think, you know, maybe that's something that, like, should be more visible, but then it's, like, encouraging people in this, like, 
more conservative place to do it in the first place. Yeah, like, I think, like, from... I'm a bit like you in that sense, Laura, where I just, like, I don't see a lot of it happening around me. Like, I don't see a lot of the, like, I don't... I don't see a lot of the impact of these kinds of days. I still think they're important. I more so see these the impacts of them like online when I see people like just like showing their support, which I think is always nice. Like I would, I would never say we don't want less. Like I want less of that or anything. It's just like it's kind of the main places I only really see them. Like I don't see them much anywhere else in my general environment. Like I'm fairly sure at my workplace like nobody except one person knows I'm queer like because I just don't talk about it with anyone because I just either a I don't feel the need to or it's just like I don't know how anyone's gonna react so I'd rather just keep things like to be fair I'm there to work like I'm not looking for love but yeah mm. yeah um I think one of the days that's felt most like genuine to me is the days of visibility so like Tidov is probably my favorite Mm. one because people Mm. do engage with it like crazy online and I follow a lot of queer people so it's like over like 48 hours it's just like Instagram is full of trans people like loving themselves and that makes me really happy but it's more like for us you know yeah definitely definitely can say i do love the the online spaces during these times because it's um you know that the algorithm is like identifying that it's some event like in terms of larger kind of outside of those socials like circles posting about it and then so it all kind of uh just gets a boost or like within your own algorithm that day i feel like it's always yeah i mostly know about them through social media from content from people that I like really like posting something for the day which is like probably how I engage with it most today but um yeah with uh with um Tidov this year I have very bad associations with the in-person event (laughs) um uh not not completely but it it yeah is like definitely enjoy the online space in that sense a lot more um when it's like we have a lot of turfs in the community and it was like uh just like yeah it i don't know really how to speak on it particularly because it's but uh it was a day that kind of made me feel even more so that sometimes visibility isn't a great thing if not everyone's showing up for it, you know. Also, then there is the necessary, like, side of it where we have to, like, speak about. Sorry, I need to get my words right. (laughs) Where we have to speak about, like, who can be visible and can't be visible. And um, I think that's also hard, like, if you're only connection to the queer community, if you're not out, is online and then you're seeing all these people be visible and you feel the pressure to be visible too um, or you see that hatred from, like, TERFs, um, that can make it, like, a hard day for a lot of people. 
but it can also like make you more aware that there are people out there who like I guess they give you like a um an outline of who like you can be if you want to be that or um even just like not like if you don't want to be like as out there as some trans people you can still sort of um like interact with them and like they're willing to be that visible so you know you've got like friends in those places but in terms of like um um in-person events Sam what did you mean by that because I didn't quite catch it yeah that was just a uh uh last trans day visibility there was a public rally at state library it was very small um open like speaking uh and then there was a one anti uni melb to do with that uh or that anti-trans bs that we talked about in the news whip like a few weeks ago uh yeah and particularly at the the uni melb one there's like there's a lot of uh, turfs in the in the city. Um, if you uh, like mobilize a lot, I guess in kind of like rally spaces, you'd probably recognize them. Um, and they are they're not just like they're turfs, but they do like they are not transphobes. Like actually, will also go to kind of feminist rallies and spaces to exclude people. Um, yeah, so it was like stuff like that happening and people like that showing up and there's just not enough general support from the community or enough of like our community there in general to uh, like actually make a stand against it, I guess. Uh, Particularly like when in that, like in a university space Mm -hmm. then where I don't think any of those people are actually students (laughs) and then it's like uh, younger people then have to not like stand up for themselves around these people uh being really imposing and uh like trying to harm people very subtly and uh like it ends up with like the the trans people leaving (laughs) you know in a at a trans rally on trans day of visibility part of me thinks like it's kind of like why these days like why visibility days are just so important because it like it that's that reminder of that like it can seem like on the surface just like oh it's visible now problem solved like there's still so many like underlying issues like we've talked about it before like even within the queer community as welcoming as welcoming as it can appear like there is a lot of exclusion and just horrible people in different parts but like we've talked about plenty about biphobia we've talked about like how would you would we just have like asexual phobia like like ace phobia yeah. yeah yeah that's the word like that like they exist everywhere like that like and even then as you were saying they're just like turfs it's just like it's like it just highlights that there are like so many other facets so it's like these days are important because you need to like these identities are visible but you need to be looking at even the good and the bad that's visible And probably, like, if you're a cis ally going to, like, a T-Dov thing, maybe making sure the trans people there are not being harmed by TERFs, I guess. But I don't know, Sammy, you're a bit more, like, trained in protest spaces than I am. Is there something that people can do? 
yeah i guess like that's kind of it i mean like i you'd be surprised at how many like um you know like intimate international women's day marches like there's there's happening like in these large rallies like trans people are being like attacked and it's it's yeah it's just a matter of like stepping in if you see that stuff if you're an ally if you want to be an ally or um yeah I just, and just like keeping that in mind beyond like t-dog rallies and general spaces and um yeah i don't know it's like a much bigger issue and i guess like that's why these days i like to raise awareness to that but um yeah it's it i guess it needs to to leave the day more so yeah i think also just to say as well while it's doubtful if there are any turfs listening to this um get a life (laughs) you have more important things you can focus on in your life leave trans people alone (laughs) i feel like should we should we end up on a positive note because i like I know some people do find like value in things like Red Purple Day. I don't want to like completely dismiss that. That's just like my feelings on it. Like I will say, um, I not my school I went to, but another school in my town was really good with uh, events sometimes like this, and uh, particularly at the the Nadoc Week and then Pride Week, they like killed it. They I remember one year with Pride Week, they um like just decorated the halls in flags. This is like. 2016 or 15 maybe um so like a very crucial time as well to make like queer students like just um feel seen and then uh like invited the students who were out who were musicians to like perform and like do school stuff and yeah i just remember watching it watching on from another school that wasn't doing like anything being like man they there's like if I was at that school, I'd like feel a lot more comfortable, at least in that week. And um, I feel like it was like that was reflective of uh, like staff within that school actually caring as well. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I think like um, where at Purple, Tidov, all of those things, like they are not the last thing, the first and last thing you do for queer people. You like wear the purple shirt and then you do some research and then if you see someone being harassed you like look after them and if you see someone in your family who's struggling with their identity then you like offer to listen to them or like put them in touch with um a community organization or whatever like that that's only the first step so just make sure that you're not like yeah I'm an ally I wore like a cute purple outfit today like just yeah do what that school did and I think people will be a lot more grateful for it than um those of us as in me (laughs) who feel bitter about um family members maybe wearing purple and then not really knowing anything or trying to learn anything about queerness so um yeah yeah
welcome back to Loud and Clear. Obviously, with lockdown, it's been quite difficult for a lot of people to get creative. So we just kind of want to talk about things that we've been doing in that during lockdown that mm. yeah, just our creative pursuits, I guess. Who wants to go first? I vote Elizabeth. She's been working on some Same. cool media stuff for uni and <laughs> um, also some cosplay, right? Yeah. Um, like... Well, during last year, during the lockdown, I was doing my final year of, like, my Bachelor of Communications. So, like, obviously we were still kind of adapting to the whole lockdown setting. Like, I'm one of those people that was kind of lucky in the sense of, like, I have a bunch of my own camera equipment. So, do I, so I didn't have to rent, like, worry about renting it out or going filming with just my phone or anything. So, like, I still was able to practice with my camera like really get into photography and like work on like our short films for classes and everything like and as difficult it was it was also kind of fun to try try and work within the good it was kind of fun to work within the constraints like I would have liked to do bigger projects but at the same time like you kind of work with what you got Mm. did you have um do you have film lights as well like actually I've got um a bit ago like for my birthday last year like I my parents were nice like help pull some money and I ended up getting this huge like setup with like these two big film lights and like a green screen setup. whoa nice yeah I feel like if you if you're listening and um you wanted to do some film stuff look there's probably still going to be a lot of inside time to go for the next year or so (laughs) so I would say (laughs) try and invest in some some cheap film lights if you want to do film yeah. stuff even way more important than a, a decent camera it, uh, you can get oh, so yeah. much more creative with it and like we'll just like teach you so much more for making i've never invested in it um i've been more already focused in my media but yeah uh it's like so important and not fluorescent <laughs> is is just so bad for filmmaking yeah it's it's so it's so annoying like when starting out with just like the, my the one light in the center of my room, like oh god, I hated it. I hated the lighting so much. It was so frustrating. I'm still, I'm, I'm like, still taping sheets of paper over like high powered um, light bulbs. Uh, it works. <laughs> if it works, it works. Yeah, like it's it's always little details when it comes to things like film. Like so many small elements come together to make it really great. And when some things fall a bit short, you notice them. Like. Light, like lighting super important audio is super important like camera quality is super important like it's all the little things that come together that can make something really sing I guess the right word is mm. <laughs> is there anything you've been able to make that you're quite happy with uh hmm. I mean like it was kind of like back and forth like one of the assessments I did at the beginning of this year was a lot of fun to work with, but it was kind of between the lockdowns. So like we were kind of like frantically trying to find like the right day to film and then film it all in one go, which we managed to. And then it was just fun, like editing it, editing it all together. It was, it was kind of funny because it was, it was on one day where I was doing all the um, like visual effects and animations for it. And I was in the RMIT editing suite, which are kind of like in this, they're kind of like a little dungeon. It's just like, they're just, they're, soup, they're just in the corner. Like you just shut yourself up in there. Like I have spent too much time in those suites. Um, 
but it was still fun. I love like, being one of those people that stays until like midnight. Honestly, that was me. And like you can't leave because you get locked out, so you just have to like commit. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. For- I remember, I remember coming into RMIT on a weekend. One person doing like just one of the stools somewhere was like. I was like, hey, if you ever need to stay, <laughs> like stay in the in the editing suites way past closing time. I, I know all the hiding spots. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'm really not that committed yeah. to uh, <laughs> burnout. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm I- not keen to burn out that quick things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, no, it was one of the, it, the, the day that this was happening also, worst time because like I was committed to getting there and getting through it all and everything. And mm. during, and so I was just there like, in the editing suite working away and everything and then I get the notification that oh we're going into lockdown that night so I was there oh god that's not good but like I still keep working away get to like it gets like 7 p.m I've been in there since 10 a.m like not gone to the bathroom once during this time like not left at all um the way upstairs yeah um but finally once it was all done like I'm getting ready to leave and I realized in horror that I can't find my face mask because it oh. has just disappeared. Like, I do not know. To this day, I do not know where it went. So I was just sitting there being like, oh, God, if I leave, I'm going to get fined. Oh, no. Because <laughs> it's right by Melbourne Central. So there's just like, there's police everywhere. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, no. I managed to find like one of those weird vending machines that like sells the fabric masks uh, i bought one that yeah. was way too small and it was way too expensive but it worked <laughs> so i could go home so do you like sew your own cosplays or how uh, how far do you go uh sometimes i do i do a little bit of sewing i'm not very good i need to like get, take proper like look at proper tutorials but like doing things like wig styling or like working with foam mm. things like that the foam stuff's very cool it's crazy what people can make mm. i know i'm nowhere near at the level of some people though i'm still i'm still i'm still a baby <laughs> it's all a process though and i think like i get really overwhelmed i don't know about either of you but i get very overwhelmed with like the amount that there is to learn when it comes to creative stuff Oh, yeah. And sometimes it, like, paralyzes me. And I'm like, no, if I spent the time that I'm spending on learning, like, sorry, like, if I spend the time on learning that I spend on, like, freaking out about how long it's going to take me to learn everything and how many mistakes I'm going to make, I'm just never going to do it. And I hate that. Mm. Yeah. I think, like, the one thing is just, like, and this this goes out to people as well that are creative and everything. The first stuff you make is going to be awful. It's the first mm. stuff is always going to be like, oh god, this is terrible. I hate this. Why did I do this? But you need to start bad in order to turn out better and turn out good and see the improvement. So like, don't be disheartened the first time. It's not the best. It can also sometimes be a complete like pendulum swing, like. I feel like don't oh, yeah. beat yourself up whenever you make a bad project. <laughs> so, like, unless, unless mm-hmm. reflect on it. Like if, if there's lessons to learn from it, obviously learn them, but yeah. like, yeah, it can take a long time sometimes. And especially like we, it's so like just the landscape is saturated with amazing content. So it's like, don't compare yourself yeah. to people that have all the privileges and time in the world to make like high art, you know? <laughs> 
100%. Yeah, well, with your DJing, Sammy, like how do you, you know, how do you like pick which direction you want to take it and what you want to learn? Because there is so much to learn, like just within that realm of things. Yeah, well, I find DJing really fun because I've I've committed to never making a career out of it. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. be that stereotype of someone <laughs> of a DJ in, in NAM, you know? Um, so <laughs> it's like... Uh, my friend DJ Garlic Bread is uh, kind of the one who, like, just got some, like, cheap wee DJ decks from a friend and borrowed it once and, like, mm-hmm. bootlegged some software and just, like, had a party and just, like, everyone, like, kind of figured it out. And that's, like, <laughs> how a lot of me and my friends <laughs> got into it. And then from there I bought uh, some really cheap, really old, like, 2005 like midi deck uh from the facebook like marketplace been using that oh. ever since um so it's just like very mm. like djing is very fun to me because it's, it's like i find my process is very janky <laughs> um and it's like <laughs> i uh <clears throat> there's a there's a particular joy when a real dj sees how i work and plus like their face mm. is um of like disgust is is what keeps me <laughs> keeps me going <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, Your pain feels. I've never heard anything more inspiring, to be honest. But it's also like it's but it's like, funny because it, DJing is just like very easy for the most part. It's like elect- EDM music mm-hmm. is like made to be, um, you know, very synchronized, grid-like. So it's 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 you don't have to really even have like a sense of like rhythm to 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 beat match some songs nowadays. So it's like, yeah, you can DJ any kind of way if you if you can get some software that will play two tracks at the same time and let you kind of manipulate it in some way, you know? Yeah. Have you ever had a creative pursuit that's like you've, you've done something like that for a while um, and it's been fairly easy or come naturally to you and then you've sort of wanted to like um, – like improve your skills in like an adjacent area but you're like a newbie again like how do you deal with that that's a good question i i feel the same i feel like that currently with video because i was doing community radio stuff uh as and like podcasts with my friends as a teenager but never really had access to video equipment properly mm-hmm. like video editing stuff um i had like one friend who was like doing youtube skits <laughs> at school but that was about it um so yeah it's like coming into like union studying media was like my first time with like cameras generally let alone like actual film cameras as well or like for producing like media so Mm. yeah I've just Mm. tried to like it's just lots of practice um having lots of ideas and like looking at similar ideas to understand like the the craft of it I guess yeah, and it's like th- yeah, thinking of like practice, like creative practices as crafts sometimes as well. Um, it's like you need to, mm. there's like s- skills that you need to work on and uh, just like abstract thinking you need to do sometimes. And like what, because there's so many, you, you could, you could, any kind of creative like thing, you could just constantly, you're constantly learning it. So it's like I, some, you can get stressed about all the stuff you don't know, or you can just like think about what you want to learn specifically for like what you want to do within that field. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Like that was kind of the same with like when it comes to video editing, cause like with 
because I really enjoy filmmaking and like all that kind of stuff but like I also struggle a lot with things like audio is like so it's like when it comes to like learning how to do like like I'm working with a friend right now to like make another for another assessment to make a podcast and it's like learning the ropes in like basic audio editing is just like so daunting <laughs> at first. So also people that people that do more video hate audio. <laughs> so yeah. You don't touch it we for ages. How important it, we forget how important it is. It's so important. Mm, yeah, I think um like something one of my lecturers said to me once was that like people can forgive you for like kind of bad footage, but they can't forgive you for bad audio. And like I take that with me into like every thing I do. Mm. Yeah, there was like one time when I did a like if not like my last not my last year, but my second last year, so like two years ago, I worked with a group of friends to make like an audio visual podcast. We did like lots of work with like because we were like doing it for like VidCon, so we were like recording our own experiences and like sort of thoughts of of it. And we spent all this time like editing the visuals, like and editing like the audio to get it to sound cohesive. And then when we got to like showing it off and like showing it to our our lecturer and everything, we realized in horror we messed up the sounds; so it was only coming out of one speaker. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. It's okay. We've all been there, yeah. We've all done that. <laughs> oh, it was funny. But what about you, Laura? Like, what have you been doing, like, in the lockdown, like, getting creative-wise? God. Okay, so um, I guess back to the being daunted thing um, is, like, I have I have a million things that I want to learn, Um curse of being a Gemini is that I have like 800 interests um, and I want to like get better at all of them but I don't have the time so essentially instead of like trying to get like really involved with like every possible aspect of audio like stuff that I want to do because um, I want to learn like all of this shit like sound design wise and I have not really started or I've like started and then I like didn't like pursue it more because I got busy with like the new job and stuff and I was like that's lame and also like once you like leave uni it's also like a little hard to dedicate I don't know for me because I like the structure it's hard for me to dedicate like the time yeah Um, and you're surrounded by people who like more so just want to work while you're still wanting to like learn it's Mm. like yeah yeah, I want to always keep learning but it's really hard to like stay in that mindset um anyway so I'll I'll like get to the point (laughs) which is um I like found um like field recording and that kind of thing and like I want to do foley as well um my partner wants to work on a short film um sometime in the next couple years so I'm hoping to do like Foley and some sound design for that um but like for now I'm working on a podcast about like I want to do like a really short series of um like maybe 10 podcasts on like what it's like to do a regional cadetship um mainly from my experience but then also interview a few other people who've had like different experiences Mm. um and I want to like capture the vibe of of like living in a small town so I want to do like field recordings of like the endless freaking plains out here that are just like grass 
and like and that's the thing is like this podcast isn't anything special but like I wanted to know what it would be like to be a cadet so I'm sort of hoping to like chuck this like sin's way or like uni's way and be like hey like to my you know professors that I like um be like hey this is my little resource that I made for other people if they're considering it because it's like a big change um and yeah I also just think it would be a great opportunity for me to like start doing like little field recording things and like little sound designing things that like aren't too high pressure but still have like an end goal you know so that's my like way of like psyching Mm -hmm. myself up to overcome all of my like annoying habits of overthinking the things I want to learn yeah for sure that's a good way of doing it (laughs) it's like not a problem everyone has but it's also like I think anyone who's creative can get into a funk like this I just happen Mm -hmm. to be very good at it Field recording, I feel like, is one of the the best ways you can just go out and make something, though, because it's like the craft of, of recording mm-hmm. a space, and uh, it's like inevitably going to be beautiful most of the time, especially if you live somewhere regional. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like encourages yeah. you to get out to an area that's like remote and practice like just being still and very you know present within an environment. Like there's lots of like well being mm-hmm. in field recording. I feel <laughs> generally. Yeah, for sure. I follow this guy on YouTube who, like, records himself doing his field recordings <laughs> and it gets very meta. And uh, <laughs> it, he, like, talked about how he just sits, like, he'll set up his mics and he'll sit there for, like, two hours um, to, like, make sure he's got, like, all the sounds and, like, enough of a, like, sample or whatever of the, the space. And then he'll, like, come back at night and, like, do it again for another couple hours and it's just, like... I don't know if I have that patience, but I probably need to because I'm just <laughs> never outside anymore and my office doesn't have a window, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that would be really nice. And, like, there's this beautiful river out here. Like, there's really beautiful country out here that, like, would just be lovely to go spend time in um, when we're out of lockdown again, hopefully after the 10th of September, but probably not. I feel like we're going to look back on this recording and just laugh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, the opportunity. Anyway, I guess, like, that doesn't really, like, tie in with, like, doing it in lockdown. But I'm working on my, like, script and stuff at the moment. Like, I had a couple of days off this week and I've been more, like, scripting and, like, coming up with more of the narrative because I've got a lot, like, a crap load of, um recordings over the last few months like little video diaries that I've done of just like me being like hey this is day whatever and this is like the thing I did today that was interesting kind of kind of stuff so I'm gonna kind of like shovel that together in a way that's like interesting for other people to listen to and not just myself hopefully Welcome back to Loud and Clear on Sin. Now, we're just going to jump into our Froth or Not for the week. What even was this week? Does anyone, like, remember it? Because I, I don't. Yeah. I was just working on assessments, so it's out. a blur to me. Yeah, busy, busy <laughs> week for everyone, I feel. <laughs> just work. 
Did you have a froth though, Sam? Yeah, well, you, you kind of mentioned it in the last segment, uh, the DJing stuff, but I uh, had a friend who organized mm-hmm. a, a Haber Hotel chat room party last night, um, mm. which is just like a very kind of fun way to, to get around like socializing online when everyone's like in lockdown because um, I feel like people are like sick of Zoom and stuff. So it's just like having kind of like a bit of a gamification to chatting like just messaging each other was like pretty fun and um yeah we organized a we got some like virtual loopback software so we like tricked uh djing software to like output to this like virtual cable which would then be our input in zoom so instead of our microphones it would just be playing like uh like straight to a mixing deck with um the software we're using so yeah me and fellow Cine Calvin did some did some sets for this uh for our friends it was very fun yeah I tuned in and listened on the zoom thing for like a little while while I was making dinner and had a little dance party in my kitchen and it was very fun so thank you yeah I was very like surprised zoom actually (laughs) we did have to borrow a premium account from a friend for like high quality and to go over 40 minutes but um I was like really expecting it to just like not go well at all or like try and noise cancel like the the music or something but no it all worked out i could do it i could do it in zencaster as well technically just no i stop talking and you just start hearing like garage music (laughs) randomly during the show just like a dj set to finish up the show please yeah no that was definitely one of my song breaks we just go we just go to say yes <laughs> do you have a dj name i feel like i should know this oh uh, yeah it's it's sweet I, I actually i don't think i've ever talked about this on scene because again i don't take it too seriously but mm-hmm. yeah it's sweetie like s-w-e-e-t-e-e and i do have a soundcloud page yeah if you search sweetie nam slash burunga it'll probably come up and i've got like shitty track i made last year and uh the ambience track i made for the fae which is actually kind of cool it's 20 minutes of like just weird vst stuff and uh field recordings from like around vic cool very cool um yeah that was definitely one of my froths um my other froth was getting my first dose of az um nice on friday but it was also my not because I spent the whole week feeling terrible. Yeah, yeah. Those those symptoms are those those first few day symptoms. The non non threatening ones are very uh, annoying. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But grateful to have it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's actually my kind of froth for this week. That's like, that's actually one of my froths because I've finally got my booking in for like for AZ for the first dose. So I'm feeling good about that probably gonna feel horrible next week but worth it (laughs) Uh, when are you getting it good luck you'll be okay just don't plan anything (laughs) (laughs) oh true true i'm gonna i'm gonna forget that and be miserable yeah i mean it's 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 worth, yeah, it's worth stating as well that these are like the the side effects that are temporary for like the first few days after you get vaccinated and they are like very, very common, but not actually 
harm like they're not they're not dangerous yeah it's the it's actually like the five to 20 day period that you have to look out for the stuff that the media kind of talks about with um the blood clotting risks but there's also you know there was just reports today about how uh um there's like a higher risk from blood clotting recovering from covid than there is from the az vaccination so you know weigh up your risks people Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin. You're here with Laura, Liz, and Sammy. Yeah, today we spoke about um, like Wear It Purple Day and other like days of, of visibility for queer people and what they mean to us. We also talked about like creative pursuits during lockdown and had a quick froth or not and news whip. If you want to chat to us about any of our topics, hit us up on at SinLoud at on Twitter and Instagram, or visit our Facebook page, Loud and Queer. Uh, if you're listening to us live, you can check out our podcast at uh, on any of your major like I'll check out this podcast and and all our other podcasts on any like place where you would get your podcasts, like Omi, Stitcher, Apple Music, Spotify, and yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, you can check us out uh, live on the radio at Sin at 90.7 FM. You can check us out live then at 3 p.m. on Sundays. But thank you for listening. You can uh, listen to our Spotify playlist at the Loud and Queer Mixtape 2021.